welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with Talk Sport and today the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be the excellence of execution Bret Hart joins us on the show cannot wait for this one plus we'll be looking forward to Dominion we're looking forward to download we're looking forward to everything going on in WWE and the UK independence as well and talking about the hot topic in the Brit rest scene is it fair that those WWE wrestlers that have been signed can't wrestle on all of the promotions? All of that and much more at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter. You're listening to The Pro Wrestling Show. Hi, John. Hello. How's it going, buddy? That intro was grand, but not as grand as I hear you did it on Monday night at Bright oh. the Bright Home Centre, <laughs> which incidentally is um, is a religious centre. Didn't realise that at the time. It's where they do Riptide Wrestling, and we used we never quite actually worked out what it was when we uh, filmed Bret Hart, but it was like a lectern or a, a pulpit, a pulpit to, to to use as a tripod, which was really really good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I heard you got your moment of glory there. Well, yeah. So we went down on Friday, and what we're going to do? We're going to do a, an absolute podcast and radio show sin we're not going to hold back the really amazing bret hart content to the end of the show (laughs) so you listen to all the other stuff we do we're going to give you that right at the top so if you've just joined us just to listen to bret hart it's coming in about a minute's time yeah Uh, so we went down to brian we drove down there and uh we went we went (laughs) i got the train back just in case that's pointless (laughs) (laughs) thanks mate it's pointless information we drove down there what do we listen to they don't want to carry on uh, what did we listen to in the car on the way down? We listened to um, a little bit of Radio X and we listened to a little <laughs> bit of your heavily um, rap-influenced Spotify got, playlist. I've got a, I'm off to see Jay-Z next week uh, and Beyonce, obviously, as well. Uh, and, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I don't know. I've just been listening to lots of hip-hop recently. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Uh, Drake, nothing's more of... hip-hop than a Nissan Note. <laughs> I can't imagine any rappers rocking up with a, a lowered Nissan note with those pistons that make it bounce. Oh, the only t- way it would bounce is when we're, we're sat in the front going over those speed bumps. Yeah, well, they. Uh, you know, I do you know I had my MOT yesterday? Yes, and it ended up costing me four hundred pounds. Wow! Between the MOT, the service, and them having to replace a cracked spring in my front, uh, was like that the, the coil. driver's side will. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, John. It was. was that the speed bumps will? <laughs> I yes, think it, it might was. have been. Anyway, let's so, see your car. Yeah, sorry. So I we went, took the mick out of you for talking about pointless stuff, and we've just talked more pointless stuff. Uh, we went down to Brighton, and we went to interview Bret Hart, and we were waiting around for it, and we, we got ourselves set up, and we did the interview, 20 minutes, really good stuff, as always, with Bret, very honest. Uh, it, like, personally, like, actually in person, really nice guy, really yeah. lovely, gave everyone who was there a lot of time, but, yeah, when you get him on subjects he feels strongly about. He doesn't hold back, as you'll hear coming up shortly. And then we stuck around. We had a little chat to Eddie Dennis. Uh, uh, you know, he's seeming really good. He said he's going to be wrestling. He's, he's already on some bills for July. He says he'll think he'll do a couple of an unannounced events during June. Uh, he's, going already, he's like, I can chain wrestle until the end of the day. It just hurts when I take a back bump still at the moment. My surgeon has said I can wrestle. I've just got to, it's just getting myself back up to speed, essentially. Uh, Riptide had their, uh, had their rumble. Uh, mm. this uh, this past week and that decides who goes into a later main event uh, Chuck Mambo won it who is Eddie Dennis's best mate and been training with him and next month they're doing Chuck Mambo against Eddie Dennis where Eddie can win Chuck Mambo's rumble winning spot off him basically which he probably will 
I don't know. Chuck's on a really, really good run. At the I moment. enjoy their YouTube channel. I watched this the other day, and I, um, I don't. I, I, I'll tell you now, Will, and I'll tell anyone listening that I, um, I, I've been working late, and I did that thing where you think, oh, I'll just have a, I'll play a game of uh, FIFA, and uh, I played one night of FIFA, and I woke up with the controller still in my hand, and obviously FIFA's still going, and I've been sat there for four hours in that position. I was and so and tired. You'd, you'd lost five nil in every game you played online because you'd had the controller in your hand. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it, at one point, I've signed Gareth Bale for my, my team and I don't know how or why but he's about 40 <laughs> years old he's not going to offer anything but then the next night I was watching their YouTube channel him and TK Cooper and uh, they're doing their thing called Escaping the Midcard which is very funny it's basically like uh, an old band tour diary like if you've ever Great. been in a band when you're 16 except these are two professional wrestlers and it's very interesting and they documented uh, Riptide and it looked like a lot of fun and it was really funny to see the venue that I've seen on Riptide so many times in person when we went to do Bret Hart the most amazing thing was the vegan hot dog stand which was 666% vegan in a church that blew your mind didn't it I just I... couldn't work out if that was I don't think the church celebrates the devil I had one of the vegan hot dogs during the first half of Bret Hart. It was excellent. I'm not surprised. Uh, so, yeah, but what John is talking about and referring to about my moment of fame is we stuck around to watch the first half of the show before we had to get back for work. And um, uh, Eddie was off doing something. And Dean Ayers, who uh, was hosting the show, who's a you know, big voice in British wrestling, has been doing wrestling radio shows and stuff for years and years and years. And first time I've met him, really, really nice guy. Uh, Jason, who was running the event from Kayfabe, just came up to me and went, Will, what are you doing? And I was like, just sticking around to watch the show. And he went, fine. Do you mind going and introducing Dean to the stage? I was like, yeah, okay, fine. That's great. Secretly in my mind going, yes, going to nail this. So I got to go side of the stage, got a microphone, got to introduce the twisted genius Dean Ayers. And uh, yeah, I, I I got halfway through and I was like, I did a classic kind of, Good evening, Brighton. Welcome to the Brighton Centre. Uh, are you excited? Kind of thing. Just like kept it really generic. Very uh, formal. And then partway through, I... Uh, well, I you gave it some beans, you I, told me. I decided, like, why am I not introducing him like a wrestler? So I went, uh, well, please welcome to the, the stage your host for the evening, the Twisted Genius, Dinaeus! And then he got on stage and his mic didn't work. Uh, it was your cat's just absolutely lost its mind Will I don't think it's going to come back for days uh, well look should we get on to the interview straight away then yeah do you I... want to introduce him like you introduced Dean Ayers <laughs> no I don't the excellence of execution I think I actually introduced him during the interview anyway uh, so let's just crack on with Brett the Hitman Hart so we're only five episodes into this brand new pro wrestling show on TalkSport, and uh, I feel like we've already peaked. I thought that we might have peaked after week three when we spoke with Chris Jericho, and now we get to speak with the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett, welcome back to the UK. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. And how, yeah, real good. How is the health? Are you? Health is good. Everything, everything I have positive on all fronts. That's fantastic. And obviously... Returning to the UK has seen where you've been here before, wrestled here before. What's it like when you come back here and, and interact with the UK fans? I, I always love coming here, mostly because I, um, I feel like um, I probably have my most loyal sort of following of fans anywhere. They'll, always, they'll probably always were my most uh, loyal fans, the English fans and the German fans, maybe more so than the American and, and or the Canadian fans. So they just... In England, especially, they were so passionate about. When, I, when you go back to the Wembley era, say for example, and and even after that was such a 
powerful time for me. And, you know, all these years later, the, 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 a lot of fans still remember those, the wrestling fans in England, those seem like the, uh, the glory days or the best days. Well, it, what's funny about it, we put out a poll, so we obviously knew we were doing this today, and we put out a poll on social media asking people. I spent the weekend basically watching some of your classic matches ahead of chatting to you, which was honestly a delight for me. But we asked, and I put three on there. I put uh, Stone Cold at Mania 13, I put you and Owen in the cage at, uh, in 94, and Bulldog at SummerSlam, plus I said other, let us know. I thought everyone would go for SummerSlam, it was in the UK, but actually we got about... 50 answers with different matches whether it was Mr. Perfect or it was Shawn Michaels and why do you think that those matches still with these fans nowadays resonate in, in such a strong way? You know I think um, <clears throat> I think I was um, I think I was a better storyteller than any of the wrestlers they got today um, to be honest and the wrestling's changing now it's it's modif- being modified into something else now and uh I sense when I watch, like WrestleMania, when I watch it this year, there's no no drama anymore. Like the drama is all stage drama and sort of like theater. It's not the actual wrestling is not drama anymore. It's it's all high spots. Everything's high spots, and uh, there's no psychology anymore. Not based on what I used to know. And I know that you can't just stay in the same. You know, everyone keeps wrestling the same style that I did, and I think that it's modified to a faster more uh um hectic sort of pace in the in the match matches today but uh i think the reason people remember those matches cuz they were so they're always dramatic there was a long visual sort of sell job where you sold and sold and sold and built up built the momentum of the match as you did until you finally explode with a with an in my case always made a pretty long intense comeback that left a lot of lefts and rights and you know where you could follow the the ending and then something happens again and then then the ending is a little bit further ahead you know but it's like there was always a mystery as to what what's going to happen next or where it's going to go but in today's wrestling I find not that there's not you know they do some amazing stuff and I think there's some amazing athletes but I don't find anyone knows how to tell a story. I think that's what amazes me, because you had last year's match of the year in the WWE was actually an NXT match between two British guys. I don't know if you will have seen it, but they wrestled for the UK Championship in Chicago, and they did 20 minutes, the two of them in the ring, and these guys have wrestled together since they were 15 years old. So they just told a story. It was all in the ring. It was all contained. It was you know, very clear heel, baby situation, and everyone absolutely loved it. The crowd really popped for it. It told a story, and... It kind of said to me, well, why can't we do more of that in wrestling now if when people do it, it goes over so well? Well, I'm a firm believer that, <clears throat> that it, you know, wrestling has its ups and downs or flows. Like, it flow, it's flowing a certain way right now, but uh, I think that you'll find that wrestling is going to change again. And because people will get eventually get tired of high spots and leapfrogs and all the... I have to say it's kind of pretty phony wrestling today. Like nobody in their right mind can believe any of it's real right from the beginning to end. Whereas, you know, you watched Wembley's the match I had with British Bulldog. With um, I can remember watching it with some sports fans, um, actually some sports uh, radio broadcasters in uh, in the states one time that had never seen any of my matches, and they they put it on the big screen in this sports bar I was in. And they they 
almost bought into it like it was real. Like they thought it was the greatest sports match, wrestling match of all time. And they talked about it at length. And it's like, that was before, uh, that was years and years ago. That was probably about 93 or so. But I don't see that kind of, I don't see that kind of drama anymore in any of the matches. And I sometimes sense that, um, you know, the wrestling fans dictate policy. And the wrestling fans, you know, maybe in their own way got a little tired of Bret Hart style wrestling. You know, um, that slow, that sell, the comeback, the, you know, it gets to be very, you know, if you watch enough of my matches, they're kind of, you know, they repeat themselves in a lot of ways. But today's wrestling is missing a lot of what I incorporated in my matches, whereas my matches were missing a lot of what they incorporated. <laughs> but I, I think that um, the fans dictate policy. And over time, like you said, if they reacted so strongly to uh, those two British wrestlers who were just doing good wrestling... That tells you that the, the the audiences are starting to lean that way more, and uh, if that's the case, then it'll it'll eventually evolve back into that. It's great. We've got the UK tournament coming up later this month as well, and those guys are involved in it. It's, it what was amazing about it, though, Carl Bennett, who writes for our website, did a piece suggesting that one of those two guys, Pete Dunne, might be the first ever top tier WWE champion from Britain, and it made me realise that David Smith never was the top-tier champion when he won the Intercontinental title from you at Wembley, that was kind of the peak for him within the WWE. I thought that really surprised me. Well, I think it's a sad situation maybe with uh, Davey Boy that, like, if you really think about it, and I don't know who's to know, maybe Vince McMahon would know, but uh, he had the whole world in front of him when he won the title for me here in England. I mean, he couldn't have, it could have been a more glorious opportunity for him to, um, plant himself strongly in that top, that echelon where he's the top, top baby face, and he was very close to it. And I know that um, probably going back to earlier in the summer, I don't want to go into a big long thing about Davy, but his drug problems were starting to become more apparent all the time. And there's a lot of people that want to sort of sugarcoat that or, or. Um, pretend it wasn't so but I mean Davey had serious drug problems then and if he could have maybe turned those around maybe in fact he could have been that star I think Davey could have been a lot better than he was especially like um, not so much about his work in the ring but his um, mic skills and his talking and the way he if he maybe applied himself a little you know tried a little harder and got like I did I I wasn't necessarily considered a great um talker and stuff before I became champion maybe intercontinental champion but once I started realized that how important that role is I made a point to getting better or improving on my interviews to the point that people you know his interviews aren't like Hulk Hogan's but they're sincere and I think that worked for me where people still bought my uh, shtick kind of thing but I noticed with even going back to the Bulldogs when they were <clears throat> on top as the tag great you know maybe the greatest tag team of all time and people loved their wrestling in the Early uh, in the late '80s or mid '80s, they were so strong in uh, in the in the WWF back then. But you know, neither one of them put an ounce of energy into their interviews. If anything, it was an important to them. I remember they almost joked about how they could give a crap about what they said, and how, you know, they didn't need it. It wasn't part wasn't part of their thing, and they they didn't try hard on the interviews. And, and Dynamite didn't try very hard, neither did Davey. And uh, you know, you could see now with that. Sort of miscalculation, I think that I would call that, is uh, is 
probably has a lot to do with not remembering Davey today. You know, if Davey hadn't passed away when he did, uh, a few years later after Owen died, you know, I don't know that you could tell, anyone could tell me that he had another big break coming, you know, another big, like he's going to have a second run. Maybe he'll end up with the title or he'll do this or he'll do that. I think Davey was already on the skids and was already on the downhill slide after that. But uh, I think Davey had the ability. I just think he didn't have the right direction. Uh, You mentioned, Owen, if you don't mind me asking, it was the 19th anniversary recently, and I I saw a tweet that you put out where you said, uh, I miss you every day, Owen. I vow to keep your memory alive, despite the efforts to to let you fade away. Do you think he's not respected in in the same way as some of the other top guys of that era? Well, I'd just say, I think with a lot of people, if they're not in the Hall of Fame, what kind of Hall of Fame is it? Like, If uh, Dynamite Kid's not in the WWF or WWE Hall of Fame, what kind of Hall of Fame is it? It's a shitty Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed that, uh, I'm embarrassed on their part that they can take so many great wrestlers and exclude them, but put their own made up, uh, like the, the Rock and Roll Express or whatever they were, they got in and... Well, they never even wrestled in WWF. And no offense to those guys. I know they're actually a really good team and good guys and all that. But I remember when they showed up in WWF and they um, scratched them off the card because they didn't um, they didn't think they were big enough or good enough. And yet they're in the Hall of Fame. They're in the Hall of Fame. Doc Hendricks, the Freebirds are in the Hall of Fame. You know, they should be in the Hall of Fame for being drunk. Um they, the, my memories of both all three of them was that they were too drunk to get in the ring most of the time. They were inebriated all the time, and most of the time they didn't show up. I remember when Andre the Giant fired uh, Michael Hayes in the dressing room for being an hour late and drunk in the dressing room. And I remember Michael Hayes saying, you know, you can't fire me. And I remember Andre saying, you watch. We'll see who's here tomorrow. Either it'll be me or you. And he, I never saw him again for three or four years. And he came back as Doc Hendricks. And now he's practically, you know, he's in the, one of Vince's right hand guys. And he's in the Hall of Fame as a, the great, the, the Freebirds, which to me is, I don't have any problem with anybody being in the Hall of Fame. There's, I'm sure lots of wrestlers have got the merit to be in there. But in saying that, I also believe that, um, the Demolition should be in there. I believe the Dynamite Kid should be in there. I believe Davy Boy Smith should be in there. And I can go on and on. And Owen is another prime example. I'm embarrassed that the Hall of Fame hasn't got Owen Hart in there. Maybe on just a, on a integrity standpoint, Owen was one of the most uh, respected and sort of admired guys that ever got in the business for his, his uh, integrity and his uh, reputation for being a good man. And... Uh, and everyone knows that, and why they wouldn't, um, they won't acknowledge him and and won't put him in is beyond me. I, I'm tired of even talking about it. That program you guys worked all the way through when you did it through for, um, through Mania, through SummerSlam with the cage match. I mean, that's up there with one of my favorite all time. But I wonder. I heard you speaking on. Uh, Edge and Christian show recently where you did it with Stone Cold and talked about Mania 13. Is there a particular feud from that era? Is there a particular uh, match or a particular program you run that really sticks out to you as being a favorite? Well, you know, I think you, you tend to only go by what you see on TV now. And everybody, you know, the WrestleMania 10 match that Owen and I had was really the first match we ever had, period. And it's so hard to go in first match, WrestleMania 10, 
having never wrestled each other before, styles. Owen was a completely different style than me. And um, I think we <clears throat> we did a really good job. We had a great match that first yeah. match. And, but I think, as an example, I think we finished the tour or finished the the uh, WrestleMania match, and like the very uh, next day we um, flew to England. I think it was the heart heart attack tour or something. But some of the matches I had with Owen, four, five, six, seven days later in England here. I think it was a 14-day tour. But some of the momentum or some of the matches that we had said such um they were they were better than the one at WrestleMania 10. Where our timing was getting better, we were starting to understand each other's styles, which doesn't happen overnight. And uh to go in there and have a a great match with any wrestler first time you've ever tied up with them is uh is mostly what people go by today. A lot of the matches I had with Owen the really, really good ones they never filmed. They're not on camera, but they were. I had an Iron Man match with Owen in uh, Los Angeles at the Forum that would blow away the WrestleMania 10 match. It'd we need to away the, immediately. I want to be there. <laughs> blow away the cage match. It was. It was so good. I wanted to use that as the uh, formula for the match I had with Sean. They were the ones that were keen on having a one fall match, which I understood, but I also thought. You know, having one fall for 60 minutes is a pretty long, boring match. And I hope we can keep their attention for an hour. And we, I think we did. And that's a credit to Sean. And uh, I, the idea that Pat Patterson was the guy that had the idea for the Iron Man match that was one fall. And that worked. But I also know that I had a formula for a match with Owen that did uh, was consisted of about five falls. But it was, to me, a better match than the Iron Man match that I had with uh, Sean. So back and forth. I'd, yeah, I'd love to have seen that, but that's a, it's a real shame. The last thing I want to ask you about beyond WWF, I don't know uh, how much you follow what happens elsewhere, but uh, Eric Bischoff has started this new show, this 83 weeks, where they talk about the period of time at WCW and the Monday Night Wars, and he's done specific episodes on various eras, and one of them was about your run in WCW. And uh, he owns up himself to not knowing what he was necessarily doing with you, not having a real plan for you, and he, and he takes some of the blame on his shoulder, but he also says that he felt that you know, more could have come to the table creatively from the other side. Do you well, think we that's could, fair? No. Eric Bischoff is an idiot. Total, complete idiot. And maybe the single stupidest idiot that ever got into wrestling. I could sit here for too long and talk about all the stupid things that Eric... And a guy that was never... Never came true. Never came through on anything he ever said. He was. He had zero ideas for wrestling. You could go in and give him ideas for wrestling. Why don't I put put me with Booker T? Put me with Chris Benoit. Put me with this guy. Put me. He always had a bullshit excuse why he couldn't do it. He always had some reason why. Oh, we'd love to put you with him, but he you can't do that because of some because it's raining outside or something. His, his logic was ridiculous he'd come up with excuses why he couldn't do this and why he couldn't do that when he's supposed to be the the boss he dropped the ball if you look at the day i got there that whole thing with the referee mm -hmm. it was such a stupid idea in the first place sticking me in the ring as a referee and it just went downhill from there and you can he can say oh it was bret hart he likes to say i've heard him say this that that i came there and i was a broken man i didn't didn't have it in the heart anymore to 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 I broke my heart with wrestling and that's such horseshit absolutely an insult to me it makes me so mad I'm glad he's not around me 
I um, he's here right now. <laughs> I wanted so hard to make a difference. I wanted to go in there and do everything I could possibly do to turn that, like to make a, a dent against Vince and to get even for what happened to me. I was not a guy that came there not wanting to deliver. And uh, for him to suggest that is is uh, an insult to the highest order because I was, if you look at my wrestling in 1997 with um, that whole year, going from Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13 to Undertaker at SummerSlam and even Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, um, even the Patriot. I mean, everybody I worked with, I had my some of my greatest matches. And I went right from there to WCW, um, unbeaten. I had beaten all the top stars. I'd beaten Undertaker at SummerSlam. I'd beaten Austin. I had never really lost to Shawn. I knocked out Vince McMahon. I couldn't have come in with more momentum. I was like the hottest thing in wrestling. And they did absolutely... His genius was to put me in the ring as a referee and have me, the referee, do a fast count, which he didn't do. And... Everything he did was so stupid, didn't make any sense, didn't work. It fell flat. And he's the only, he owns those. That's Eric Bischoff's booking or his thinking. He was an idiot, and he couldn't do anything. And even when I did that thing with Goldberg with the metal plate, mm-hmm. talk about pulling teeth. I mean, I, had to, I, had, I don't know how I even finessed that and got that done. They resisted and fought that, and even though Eric Bischoff told me he loved the idea and, there, and to go with it, the night of the show, he did everything he'd do to sabotage it, and from even from having Hulk Hogan come in at the end and uh, you know beat the crap out of me, and then beat the crap out of Goldberg. And I remember going, well, "Why would he do that?" And I said, "Am I working with Hulk Hogan?" He goes, "No." I said, "Is Goldberg working with him?" He goes, "No." I said, "Well, why the hell would Hulk Hogan come down and wipe out both of us? It doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid." And everything about Eric Bischoff, he was the stupidest guy I ever met. I mean, I actually don't. I have a good thing to say about anything about Eric Bischoff. He's an absolute total idiot. Well, I hate to end on a negative note, but uh, we've got that's to wrap a, up because you've got to have the same conversation <laughs> with well, Don't get me going on Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yeah. I'll take my coat off and come out of retirement. Uh, but <laughs> you can get the book, which is, for me, still one of the best wrestling books out there. And, of course, people will be hearing this after the Brighton show, but they can still come to Cardiff, to Oldham and London as well. So come and see Brett doing his thing because this has been great. Really enjoyed it. And you get to see it for a couple of hours rather than well, just for 15 minutes. I know I'm going to get some good questions. Good man. Really appreciate it, Brett. Thank you. Brett Hart. Brutally honest. We're going to be putting some of those... uh, We we filmed the whole interview and we're going to be putting some videos up. We might do a YouTube channel as well. Haven't decided on that, but we're going to put those videos up on Twitter, some of the the stuff he said there. So some of it you may have seen already, I thought. He was really... He hates Eric Bischoff, doesn't he? He really hates Eric Bischoff. He wasn't too... He wasn't too subtle. We had about 30 seconds left of our allocated time. (laughs) <laughs> which had been shortened down slightly because he was a, a, a you know running first night and they were still getting stuff together and so we kind of we 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 needed to make sure we were out of there and giving them good time to get prepped. Um, yeah, we didn't want to tread on any toes or anything. No. So there was like thirty seconds left, and I just wanted to ask him about what Bischoff had said on the podcast, and I'm really enjoying that eighty three weeks podcast. If you're a wrestling fan, it's really really worth listening to. But um, the uh, that answer when I raised Eric Bischoff with him was four and a half minutes long. 
wasn't it, just? And he clearly was not a fan. I thought the stuff on the Hall of Fame was really interesting. I really wanted to ask him about that Owen Hart tweet to kind of figure out exactly who he meant by that. And I figured it might be the WWE not featuring him on the network, that sort of thing. But his honesty about you know Davey Boy Smith not being in the Hall of Fame, but also the drug problems he was having. And the actual event itself, you know, Bret Hart's the kind of guy you could speak to for three or four hours. And when you're hearing this today, you may still get the chance to go to Oldham or London, depending on when you're listening to this. If there's still tickets available, I know London's close to selling out and Oldham had done over 500 tickets uh, when we were there in Brighton. That's get more da- than they get at the football at Oldham. <laughs> um, get down there. And you've, been, you've clearly been working on TalkSport 2 more recently. Your sports banter is really reaching a new <laughs> I've level, I just had John. banter with an Uber driver for 10 minutes talk, <laughs> talking about London teams, and I haven't got a clue. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I found the event itself. I thought uh, Dean and, and Brett were really engaging on stage. Brett gave some really good stories. There was, was one moment where it, uh, Dean asked him for the final question of the first section before the Eddie Dennis Q&A, uh, what, whether he had any regrets from his wrestling career. And, I mean, essentially his answer was, I don't have any regrets. I'm, not a man, I'm a man of very few regrets. But, but the one thing he did say he regretted was, he said, if there's one thing I could change, I would have wanted to have still been in WWF when Owen died, essentially. But in his attempt to get that answer out, he got very choked up and very emotional about it. And it is, it's amazing that so many years later, it's still kind of gets to him and the other thing is we we caught up with blade heart while we were there he came over to us because he'd seen us the famous blade heart don't shake your head and say who <laughs> son of bret hart blade heart uh he who had featured on shows and stuff back in the 90s I, the- I, i'm gonna be honest like i was slightly i was late to the party because my family did not have sky tv this is why i let will go with the interview as well because will's a massive bret hart fan will got his book signed we'll, we'll, we'll tweet a signed. picture of that it's just there yeah i can see it <laughs> Behind your Groot. Um, and uh, the, the character, that's not what Will calls his, his junk. And, uh, yeah, I was a little bit late to the party, so to be honest, you know, I let you, I let you go all guns blazing on Bret Hart because um, I, would, I felt like I would just kind of go, I really like your pink and black leotard. And he'd go, <laughs> right. It, well, he, he loves the pink and black. He keeps talking about it. But yeah. Blade Hart was there. he drives a pink and black Cadillac. <laughs> um, the famous Blade Hart, who used to feature course, on TV his son. quite a lot. His son. Oh, of course. There you yeah, go. Know, yeah. uh, who came up to us asking where the toilet was for Brett, which was why we first started speaking to him. But we really got chatting to him. He's a really nice guy. And I kind of said to him, he sat at the back and watched the whole show. And I was like, have you not heard all of these stories a million and one <laughs> times? He was like, never get bored of them. Genuinely never get bored of yeah. them, which I thought was lovely. It is. So definitely try and get along to one of those shows if you can. It's absolutely fantastic. And we will strive and continue to keep getting interviews like that because you know, kayfabe, kayfabe events will hopefully keep putting on shows like that and hopefully we can keep getting down to them and, and engaging. Absolutely. It was fun. Uh, there was a fellow, wasn't there? And excuse me if I'm, uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy that was doing like a documentary about the week. Right, okay. There was, a, there was that guy first yeah, yeah. with that, so that'll be out soon as well. So that's, yeah. you know, if you can't make it down, it'd be interesting to watch that. Keep an eye on Kayfabe. They said they'd send us the links over and we will put them out on our Twitter at Pro Wrestle Show. Now, when I'm talking about great interviews, mm-hmm. shall we tease what we're doing this Friday, John? Sorry, I'm doing this Friday, John. Yeah, unfortunately, as um, I'm, I've got prior arrangements. Oh, yeah, I've, got pri- I've just got to go to Los Angeles to uh, yeah, E3 well, I, and schmooze I, it up with the games Guys, industry. I've got to go and play the new FIFA for 12 minutes, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, these things have got to be done. No, but I'm well jealous of what you get to do at Download. Last year at Download, we watched Prophets of Rage. Did we interview anyone? 
Don't think we did. Nope. And then we go, then we drove home, and I got ticketed in central London for not paying a congestion charge. This year, Will's talking to who? Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, Candice LeRae, Candice LeRae, Flash Morgan Webster, Pete Dunn, Zach Gibson, uh, and because the round of sixteen on the Friday, the first four matches will be played. We're also getting all four winners of the round of sixteen for five or ten minutes. I hate you. So all the people, four of the eight people that are going to be making up the quarterfinals at the UK tournament coming up at the Royal Albert Hall. I am rather excited. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. It's going to be brilliant. So uh, all of that will be coming. And the problem is, is because we're going to be speaking to Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae together, mm-hmm. and then Alistair Black as well. We're speaking to them all on Friday. Normally they're like, right, we're getting like eight good interviews on one day. So what we'll do is we'll hold them back a little bit yeah. and we'll release them over the coming weeks. It's all like six days before. It's all like a week before the Chicago. We've always been wanting to just blow our load straight away. So let's just put it all out next week. Come on. I I think we've kind of got to. Why hold back? Um, Come on. On that very point, Johnny Saint announced as the new general manager of WWE uh, UK brand. And uh, Johnny Saint's someone who his career went right from the 50s all the way through over five decades an incredibly you know, famous wrestler on these shores and um when they cited the fact that, that he was being named as the general manager of the uk brand they went, looked back at an interview with wwe.com where daniel bryan cited saint as a true wrestler's wrestler said although perhaps best known for his elaborate and aesthetically pleasing counter wrestling saint also brought a hard edge to the ring he's been working as a trainer at the performance center um i saw glenn from progress putting him over on twitter when talking about it and for me and this is so the, the tournament's on the 18th and 19th the monday is nearly sold out the tuesday there are still a few tickets left get them while you still can but this is just further examples of just how committed they are to developing this uk brand and eventually hopefully having a weekly show as I well i mean it would be a perfect place to announce something wouldn't it i mean oh, we don't know anything wouldn't we're, it we're not we're not doing that. Hey, we know something you don't know. We, we don't know anything at all. We're just speculating. But you'd think it'd be a great time to announce that maybe there's a, possibly a UK show or a UK performance centre or just something. Just something. Speaking of the UK performers, um, been a lot of rumours on li- online and on great hosting, buddy. I was going to say a lot of rumours online and on Twitter, like Twitter's something <laughs> offline <laughs> about about how the the contracted UK. WWE stars can't now work for certain promotions. It's pretty much just Progress and ICW that I think they can work for now. I did see uh, IPW had a show last night and I saw that Amir Jordan was there. I don't know whether or not whether or not he retained his, I think it's the Z division they call it, mm-hmm. the, the lightweight, whether he retained that title or not. So maybe he dropped it last night and that's the last time he's going to wrestle for them. I don't, know, signed, I don't or... know if they're, like, he's particularly, I don't know if he's contracted. Like I know he's in the tournament, but has he got a contract going forward like Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, etc.? I don't know. And obviously Ginny is the latest person uh, who it hasn't been announced, but it kind of has been leaked, has signed a similar UK deal. Which, which is exciting. I, like, I'm really glad we've got Candice LeRae on this week because we need more female voices on this show. It, just because the women's wrestling scene, particularly here in the UK, is at a point where it's exploding yeah. and getting better and better and better. And I don't feel like we've represented that enough yet. I know we're only five shows no, in. but we but... are very aware of it, aren't we? Um, we, were trying to ha- we were trying to speak with Tennille, weren't we? Uh, formerly, <laughs> yeah. formerly Emma. 
um, at Ring of Honor, but it just didn't work out the other week. So yeah, we are we are heavily committed to getting some female voices on. It's just worked out that we've just been offered uh, who we've been offered, and we've had to run with it. There's definitely been some shade thrown though. I watched some of so Rev Pro from the show they did where they had Ishii and Keith Lee as the headliner a few weeks ago. I watched some of that on demand this week, and then the latest show that Rev Pro did that one of the commentators kind of outwardly like spoke about it and said how unhappy he was about it on the on the commentary and i think it's one of the people who's involved in the higher levels of the company as well and then you had defiant tweeting something the other day saying i don't know if you're aware but we need to find some new talent and then putting over their new 16 person ringmaster tournament coming up in july in newcastle so there are lots of kind of sly little digs etc which did you see david Starr's tweets no, I haven't actually. I've seen uh, I've seen the Rev Pro's tweet where they they're saying they need some new talent. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. I've not seen what did David Starr say. Uh, uh, by David Starr, I mean the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the Jewish can of the yeah. physical. But I was going to try and do the whole don't, thing. But... Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Um, so and and I'm reading this because David Starr nails exactly how I feel about it, and David Starr is a much more authoritative voice than me, particularly considering his recent UK run, which has just come to an end, UK and Irish run with OTT and then IPW this week, um, has been absolutely superb. I think he's really elevated himself to another level, particularly in his UK work. But he nails it, and I'm like, why would I need to say it when somebody else has said it? Go on then, just regurgitate. Exactly. I am, I am a king of regurgitation. Your Twitter says something about regurgitating <laughs> stuff from people more knowledgeable. Yeah, and views, that is the most accurate description of you. Views, views my own or regurgitates from those NFL more and wrestling expert. Yeah, he just reads the online things and just spins it slightly. He just says it passionately. Why yeah. are you giving it away? Sorry, okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of Brit Rest fans upset that some of their favourites won't be appearing on some bigger UK independents any longer due to their WWE UK contracts. Here's two reasons to be happy. One, the wrestlers made their own decision. They decided this was best for them and their family. It's a major opportunity to be seen on one of the biggest stages our industry offers. This is good for them. Two, more wrestlers will get the chance to step up with spots opening up. There are a lot of very talented guys and girls that go less noticed and they'll showcase their talent on a bigger scale. I've seen fans say they fear that shows won't be as good because of the missing WWE talent. Fear not. Have faith. The talent is a lot deeper than these fans realise. We're all in control of how this goes. Let's step up. Congrats to all on this big opportunity. He just goes up in my estimations every time I hear him speak. Yeah. And watch him wrestle. Uh, big, big fan. Chris Brooks also did something, didn't he, at Riptide? He did a big uh, thing they shared, a video, where he was saying that, you know, the rumours of people leaving... You know, don't think we'll see Ginny again. It <laughs> just comes out and says it. Oh, really? And basically just says, oh, I'm Brooksy. going, I'm going nowhere. There you go. You know, and reiterates it. So, you know, there's some, some decisions are right for some, some are right for others. And we've spoken to Jimmy Havoc before, who said that at the moment, and certainly for the near future, he's got no intention of joining anything like WWE because he wants to go and wrestle and have a few pints afterwards. And, you know, you've got to admire his decision. Can I just say, Will, um, Sean Wren has tweeted at Pro Wrestle Show while we're recording this. So this is like a radio show now, saying, let's hope there's some sort of announcement on the final evening of the WWE UK Championship, which I'm going to, just got to drop that in there, of what's happening uh, with the UK brand and how Tony Storm will be the first woman to sign a WWE UK contract. I think she's been beaten to it, unless she signed it previously. 
Yeah, Tony Storm is another one that has been heavily, heavily linked with that opportunity as well. And I, yeah, I hope they start to develop a women's division as well. Speaking of which, this coming Monday, 7.30pm, BBC One, Fight Like a Girl, the documentary about uh, Kimberly Benson, a.k.a. Viper, uh, <laughs> uh, the ICW women's champion, uh, is, yeah, this Monday. And it promises... I, I've only seen Viper wrestle the once, which was at that Lucha Forever show we went to, the, the now defunct Lucha Forever. Where, incidentally, there was a ladder match where they'd attached the belt, sorry, the titles, to the lighting rig. Yeah. So when... <laughs> I can't remember who it was, if it was Will Ospreay, I can't remember who it was. Someone pulled the belt, the titles, and nearly pulled... Quite a lot of metal off the roof onto I a lot of people. I thought I was going to die. Yes. <laughs> I genuinely, genuinely thought I was going you, to I've die. I've never seen someone unbuckle the title belt so carefully <laughs> as to not put any pressure on I the think, I think fastening. It was a, I think it was a briefcase. I think they were doing like a winner title shot. Oh, maybe thing, it was that. They? Maybe it was that. But yeah, um, that was and the same night that they did the Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, uh, somebody else. Yeah. Against, uh, and uh, they, they were losers face, 2000. Yeah. Probably, and... Yeah. F- and f- <laughs> and like tease they were going to face British Strong Style and we got really excited about it and, and then the promotion shut down so yeah I mean from an ICW perspective no show this week although they've got um, uh, they did tickets on sale for their show at the garage the following Sunday so the Sunday before well, the Sunday of Money in the Bank the day after NXT Chicago and the days before the UK tournament so yeah. that's going to be a great show it always is but yeah definitely watch that BBC on, on Monday and it'd be great to have loads of eyes on it because the, the better the ratings, the more legitimacy it'll add. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was having a look, a couple of other shows coming up this week. Uh, RevPro have got uh, their um, their Contenders show coming up on Saturday night at the Buckland Community Centre in Portsmouth. It's like their up-and-comers, although they have got uh, Jamie Hayter going up in uh, in the women's division, so a bit of a bigger name coming down into it. But it's only it's 15 quid for ringside, 10 quid for general wow. entry. So You'd be a fool not to go. Where it, is it? Uh, it is at the Buckland Community Centre in Portsmouth and see some up-and-coming people. If you're upset that British wrestlers are going to the WWE... Come and watch the next ones that will eventually get to the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the, there's, oh, there's a progress show on Sunday as well. There is. Um, Chapter 71, which is one of my favourite... Uh, progress titles. See, I don't think I ever. got this one. You might have to explain this to me. Is it Sheffield? Yes, it was in Sheffield. Right. The title is Feeling Called Progress with it F E E L I N G. Is this like an Ian Brown reference? It's a pulp reference. Oh, right. Fine. From pulp Not different class. Mate. Not interested. You're a ridiculous man. That album is a stone cold classic. Really? Uh, Does he like it? Yeah, <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, they had a song called Feeling Called Love. Which is written in that same way, with the full stops in between. For, I prefer F-E-A-R by Ian Brown. I mean, you can side with uh, me on Twitter. How can you hate F-E-A-R? How, what? How can you prefer Fear by Ian Brown to anything One of the greatest songs ever, ever written. You are a ludicrous man. I was not, absolutely not. I, I mean, I don't. I've never been a huge Stone Roses or No, Ian I hate Brown the Stone guy, Roses, but Ian but Brown F-E-A-R is a great song. I saw him live spot Muse once. It was terrible. <laughs> absolutely terrible. But that song was great. Yeah, I can imagine it'd be good live. Yeah. So you've got... Uh, that's headlined by Jimmy, Ginny defending the uh, Progress <laughs> Women's uh, Championship for the first time uh, against Stephanie Newell, as she now is. Oh. Nixon Newell. Representing uh, Wales. Uh, you've got... Uh, what else have you got? The, oh, they're, they're bringing back the old uh, South Pacific power trip to go up against Walter and Jack Sexsmith. Chris Brooks against Angelico promises to be good. Uh, the con- you having Spanish lessons? Yeah, yeah, chance, well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the continuation of the uh, of the Thunderbastard 
tag team with the No Fun Police going up against Haskins and Flash. Jimmy Havoc is in action. Be a great show. It so. looks great. Um, we've also got to talk about Defiance, who have announced uh, another event, Sunday, June the 17th. Well, they're not announced it, but they've announced the match that's very important, uh, given last week's show. Simon Miller uh, gets the chance to get some retribution on the man what smacked a chair on his head. And what made, smacked and a chair? And made a hole in his forehead, uh, the back of his head. Uh, so Simon Miller against Drake has been announced at Built to Destroy at Northumbria Students' Union. There's a lineup for that, by the way. Built to Destroy is amazing. Yeah. They've got Will Ospreay against Joe Hendry, which will be awesome. I'm all over that. Uh, they've got um, Jimmy Havoc uh, in a uh, hardcore title match with Kaylee Ray. Right. Which is going to be superb. Aussie Open versus um, Chris Brooks and question, question, question mark. Hmm, I wonder who Could that? it be the return? I wonder could it be the actual return? I wonder who that could, could he be? finally be back? I don't know. He's probably popped his shoulder making toast or something. <laughs> the most injured wrestler in the yeah, history of man. I feel so bad for him. Um, <laughs> Millie McKenzie, who is my favourite female wrestler other than Tony Storm, against B Priestley. Uh, Rampage Martin Kirby. This is a great show. Yeah, that's really good. Can we go? Th- oh, I'm not here. Oh, no, I am here. Let's go to Northumbria. Oh, that's when the WWE Championships is on, isn't it? It's on the Sunday. We could make it back down. Oh, I'm very, <laughs> very tempted. Uh, yeah, if let's anyone lives it. in the northeast, <laughs> who wants to put, put us, us up, up for the night? Who wants to put up two overweight men who will happily talk all night about wrestling? Uh, a pro wrestle show. Thank you very much. We are there. Uh, you're going to be out of the country for uh, Dominion, which I'm upset about. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to work out what time it will be on. Um, I think we've worked out it's going to be on at midnight. Midnight in California. Mate, that's great. I land at half seven. I get about, it takes ages to get through LAX, I'm told. So get to the hotel by 10, get the pizza in, prepare myself, put my Chris Jericho pants on, watch Dominion at, te- at midnight. Are you... Uh, no. Ele- have you? Was it on this show where you told the story about your pizza WrestleMania uh, snack? I say snack. When oh you no! Were younger. I don't think I. No, it can't be on here. It probably wasn't. Should you tell it? Oh, this is yeah. All right. So <laughs> when I was seventeen and got college, obviously my mate could drive. So you know, we didn't on a night out. You couldn't drive into town, but on a Sunday night, there was a. It was a great routine for us. We'd go to the local uh, pub quiz, which was called Bar Wars, like uh, the popular George Lucas now Disney franchise. But I mean, they totally ripped the logo off. So. Anyway, we would go to that where they'd have slush puppies, right? Where we'd sneak shots of vodka into the slush puppies because we were all, as I say, slightly underage. Mm-hmm. Arrest me. And then we'd get a takeaway and we'd go back and watch whatever the pay-per-view was on WWE on the Sunday night every month. And what we do is every week, every month, sorry, someone different would get to choose which takeaway we'd get. So one week we'd get like just loads of fish and chips. The other week we'd get loads of curry, Chinese, this pizza. Is proper, this is proper like small town living though, where oh. it's on that one high street yeah, where yeah. All, of the, all of the takeaways are like next door to each other. The Golden Galleon Chippy. I mean, we're talking about the, the um, I can't remember what the grill was called, you know, the Jasmine House. Like, I can, they're all the same, same sort of names in the same little towns. Except for WrestleMania, we felt we had to go one better. And, and what can we do? It's, you know, it is the biggest event of the year for us as WWE fans growing up. I remember there was the main event was Triple H. I can't remember which year it was, but I was like, guys, what would Triple H do? 
Well, he wouldn't just go to one takeaway. He'd go to all of the takeaways we've been to this year and he would combine it. So we did that. Um, we, it was like a military precision thing. Like different people went to different takeaways to make sure we got all the food at the same time. And we basically went back to my mate's house and assembled what was a 22-inch pizza covered in different quarter quadrants of fish and chips, curry, Chinese, and I can't even remember what the last one was. Kebab? Oh. It might have been Donnamee, yeah. Oh, Donnamee on a was, pizza, you are vile. It was both amazing and incredibly foul. Yeah, I can imagine. But what a better way to watch WrestleMania than absolutely stuffing your face with every takeaway under the sun. Oh, and def- when I say the sun, I mean on Commercial Road, Hereford. <laughs> uh, we t- uh, the stuff Dominion. The Dominion lineup is amazing. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we're keen to see Chris Jericho because we love Chris Jericho. Uh, against, uh, against Naito as well, who... I mean, Naito, who's only been in the company for like four or five years now, but has elevated his game to a, an absolutely ridiculous level in this last year. I think back to his match at uh, his match at Climax against Kenny Omega in the G1 Climax final was a you know, five-star plus match. Uh, when he faced Okada for the heavyweight championship at the beginning of this year was a near five-star match. He's... It's just got better and better and better. He had an amazing match against Tanahashi last year, mm. which is well worth checking out. Another really amazing match with Ishii. Like, he had probably th- you know, three or four of the best matches in uh, New Japan last year that are all worth seeing. And now he's going up against Jericho. And it's not even the main event. Because in the main event, you've got the... Uh, it's Okada Omega 4, no time limit, two out of three falls match for the heavyweight championship. And even though it's the fourth match, it's the rubber match. Because 12 months ago, they did a 60-minute time limit version of this match and drew. So this time, they're doing the same thing, but with no time limit. So it could go for well over an hour. And I think Meltzer gave it 6.25 stars last year. Wow. Out of five. So those matches alone make it amazing. You've got Osprey fighting for the Junior Heavyweight Championship after the recent tournament against Takahashi. Uh, You've got... Bullet Club with Cody, Hangman Page and Marty going against Thunder Liger, uh, Rey Mysterio and Tanahashi. You've got Los Igonables. Oh, yeah. Nearly. Can't say it. Dijapon going up against the Young Bucks for the tag championships. It's going to be, like, honestly, it's <laughs> the lineup great, is amazing. Lineup, it's, it? it's, it's, I think it's better than the lineup for last year. What's the one at the turn of the year, the really big one at the... Uh, uh, the Tokyo Dome. I forget the name of the actual event, but I think the lineup for this is better than the Tokyo Dome lineup. Yeah, I, I we watched that in your well, in this room and um, at like seven a.m. and that was that was great. But like this is this is getting me a little bit more excited, if I'm honest. One thing I think we might start doing on the show yes. is um, producer Sam getting involved. Because yeah, it'd be nice if producer Sam actually did something. Yeah, <laughs> we keep I'm joking. Producer. producer Sam is is very active on our WhatsApp group. He's so. um, he, the problem is is that he lives the other side of London, and we're doing this in my front room, so that makes it quite difficult. But he is, um, yeah, he, he's coming along to all the events with us. He's helping us set up the cameras. He's doing the Absolutely, recordings. No, he's, he's invaluable. I, I'm just joking. But we, I want to get him involved as a voice, and he is much more of an old school wrestling fan. I think like. Like this week, if we were looking at Dominion and I'm saying to you, guys, sign up for New Japan just for Saturday. It's only 999 yen. <laughs> Don't know what that is in pounds, but... I can find uh, out. Wait that. Uh, okay. Hey, Siri, what's 999 yen in pounds? That would be 116 pounds and 41 pence. What? <laughs> it's definitely not. It's listened to yen and, and put yuan. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is 999 yen in pounds? Six pounds and 76 pence. <laughs> That's correct. That's much more like <laughs> That's it. That's more like it. Six pounds and 76 pence. Sign up now and go back and, and like... First of all, watch uh, Omega and Alpha from earlier in the well, year if you didn't see it. But actually go back and watch all of those uh, NATO matches we just listed to really get yourself familiar. And go and watch all three previous Okada Omegas because you will get to Saturday and you won't be able to sleep Friday night because you'll be so excited. Hang on. so where, This is purely for my personal uh, amusement. I probably should have asked you this uh, not in the podcast. What time? Is it Friday, Friday night? Uh, no, it's Saturday morning UK time. So for me, it's Friday night. Yeah. Got you. Friday night at midnight. Saturday 8am oh, UK. Perfect. Yeah. Saturday kind of late afternoon in Japan going into the evening. It'll be quite a long event with nine matches on. I was thinking about this with NXT because I watched it. If, if you're annoyed that SMTV Live still isn't on on a Saturday morning, then you've got something to watch <laughs> instead of it. No Cat Dealey, <laughs> granted, but uh, I would you know, t- Chris I- Jericho... He's got long hair, hasn't he? It was another week of um, the antithesis of diminishing returns, which I haven't figured out what the antonym of that is yet. But uh, where Raw was dreadful, SmackDown was pretty good, and NXT was awesome. Uh, but I did look at the NXT Chicago lineup, right? Yeah. And a lot of these guys are obviously in uh, uh, in the Midlands for download this week, and I think they're doing a couple of dates in Europe before getting heading back over for the uh, for the big event. So we've got. The Undisputed Era against Tony Lorcan and Danny Burch for the Tag Championship. Going to be a great match. Yeah. Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. And I loved the promo that uh, Alistair did last week and, and Lars coming out and being an absolute monster. And, and he went to... Di- Alistair Black went to give him the fade to black kick and he just caught his leg and then slammed him into the match. That was amazing. Love, that. Love a leg catch, yeah. Um, Gargano Champa in a street, fat, street fight. Street fight. Uh, which is going to be awesome. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. Again, very excited. Shayna Baszler, Nikki Cross, which I like. The problem with this is the build has all been about Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai to make Shayna Baszler look amazing. Then Nikki Cross has kind of just come into it in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm going to slip in here. Yeah, it's a very strange one. I think Baszler's wrestling has gotten to a much higher level. Her mic work still needs some work. Like, she... uh, It wasn't a bad promo to opening the show. It was quite fun. But she doesn't necessarily, she's not phenomenal at it yet. But I was looking at it, I was going, so where's the North American Championship in Adam Cole? Why have we not got Pete Dunne in action considering those other guys are? Like, because yeah. five is matches. Gonna get, is that going to get added, like, because of the UK Championship? So next week's match is the UK Championship um, sees uh, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne go head to head for the UK Championship. That's on next Wednesday's show. I think okay. with the UK tournament coming up, I don't imagine. <laughs> that Roderick Strong's going to win the title from Pete Dunne. Spoiler alert. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've never... Five matches is the normal NXT takeover length. Just don't understand how you don't have Adam Cole on the lineup. It just doesn't make sense to me. He's uh, insanely over. And this is on... When is this? Uh, what day is it on? What's so that's on Saturday the 16th or 17th, whatever that works out to be. Saturday the 16th, I think. The night before money in Turkbank. I mean, I guess it's probably because they're doing the UK Championship, all of those guys. You know, none of them are... None of the ones that are doing the Albert Hall on the Tuesday night are on, uh, are on the Saturday night, are they? Yeah, they are. The, the tag champions, because they're oh, doing yeah. the Undisputed Era against British Strong Style. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it is just Adam Cole. And Pete Dunne 
in theory, if he is a member of the main roster now. Very weird. He's a bit weird. Very I just weird. I didn't like it. Uh, other, other things happened on Maybe NXT. Maybe Adam Cole's booked it off for holiday. <laughs> he, might, he might have put a holiday request through before he signed for NXT. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I've got My mate's getting married on Saturday the 16th of June 2018. I'm not available that day and they just had to go through HR and it's been a right wrangle but Adam Cole is somebody's best man on Saturday so can't do the show uh, if you've got a better excuse hashtag Adam Cole excuses <laughs> and if anyone actually tweets that I, I will I will personally uh, like it do what I'm not going to retweet it uh, nobody ever tweeted as marks of people too which I still want to put on a t-shirt we went for a really nice meeting with the guys at Urban Species they're like they're one of their official WWE licensees, and oh, they make some great T-shirts, actually, some yeah. cracking T-shirts. And we um, we've gone and had a meeting with them about possibly doing some merch because weirdly, some of you already asked for some. Well, I've been doing this for weeks. Do you really want merch? But I think it's just that logo's amazing. They so. want a picture of me, me and you <laughs> as the Steiners. Um, so we went and had like a bit of a chat with them about it, but also about some other stuff we might be doing with them and. Uh, yeah, the uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. It was something marks about... Marks of people too? Yeah, I wanted to put marks of people too on the back of the t-shirt, but it's not catching on. Would you buy a t-shirt with marks of people too written on it? On and, the back. And maybe like Will's, Will's ginger beard. <laughs> maybe just marks of people too. Yeah. Or just with the ginger beard around the words, something like that, like that. Yes. Well, I mean, like a professional designer will do it. It won't be me and Will trying to knock it up on paint. <laughs> it was not like we're the B team and we're, we're writing it on the T-shirts in I pen. do love the B team. We've not spoken about WWE programming, TV programming at all today. No. Well, we've talked about NXT for the last well. few minutes. Um, Baszler, TM61 had a squash match. They're now going proper heel and I'm quite enjoying yeah. it. You did have the continuation of the angle. Roddy Strong beat Danny Burch and then everyone came out and got involved and we had the Pete Dunne. Yeah, first moment of him getting his hands on Roderick Strong, but they're getting beat down the numbers Here's game, a question all for of you. that stuff. Why does Pete Dunne's hair look so long on NXT, but it doesn't look so long when we see him wrestle? Doesn't he just tie it up? Does he put different conditioner in when he's in America or something? It looks Honestly, it looks longer. Every time I watch him... Sorry, it's a little thing that's been on my mind. Yeah, so. clearly. Uh, we Someone got, else would have thought the same. There was a really good uh, Ricochet Velveteen Dream... Uh, video package where yeah. they're, they're presenting it as the king versus the prince I, I forgot last week we didn't talk about the ridiculous spot during the ricochet velveteen dream promo when ricochet when velveteen dream said anything you can do i can do better as the ricochet proceeded to front flip over the ropes land on his feet get his face and go prove it <laughs> That was, the, that was the best thing ever. He quite literally broke the internet last it's week. It's like when, score when someone goes, yeah, your mum, and you go, what? <laughs> Just run straight up to them, except he did a front flip. It, it was amazing. And the, the, the big thing last night was um, uh, Tommaso Ciampa with an amazing promo. I'm still loving the him coming out to no music, pure booze, getting called. At one point he said, um, uh, he, he, he talked about the fact that Gargano had felt the need to go on TV to, set, to talk about signing the contract for the, the street fight. And he's like, what? All of a sudden, Johnny Wrestling is Johnny Badass. And the whole <laughs> crowd just like going, Johnny Badass! Nice. And it just, it worked beautifully. Like, his promos are amazing. They came out. They got in a fight. Gargano was throwing himself off the, uh, off the bleachers at him. It's he, he basically brought up the fact that he, uh, he, he essentially nearly crippled his own wife the previous week on the show. Uh, and... I, like I thought it was going to be really difficult to elevate this feud and keep it going after yeah, New Orleans. After, yeah, take over. Um, there was a there, you know, there was a spot where Champa put the the um, Gargano escape on Gargano, 
And then Gargano got out of it because about 18 referees pulled Champa away from him. Uh, and then <laughs> I can see it in your eyes because in my head I went pulled him off. And then no, no, went, nothing to do with that. Say I'm sitting there going, why is it only the same two or three referees for the whole episode when there's 18 of them sat back <laughs> and they all sat there going, well, if three of them get injured, we're going to need another 15 just in case they're injured. They're- Guys, we're doing a Tommaso, Champa, Gargano uh, bit tonight. We're going to need some more black and white shirts. <laughs> to put a new order in with Pro S. <laughs> no, actually, it wouldn't be Pro S thing to use, would it? But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Go around the whole front row going, does anyone want to be a referee tonight? Yeah, we just need you to come in and pretend to try and stop a stop a, a move on someone. Yeah, is that all right? He, um, I like that Tommaso Ciampa hit his head on the, the screen, which those things are sharp, and you can see how much he lacerated his forehead. So we had the... Yeah, but that's it. Then we had... Uh, they got colour. They then did the move on him while he was bleeding. Ala Stone Cold Bret Hart, like we were talking about before. Yeah, like it was all honestly, it was awesome. It was very good. I'm a big fan of NXT. Um, Do you know what I remembered? I didn't end up doing earlier. I was know. actually Feed saying wash, oh. was actually saying what I wanted producer Sam to do more on the show. <laughs> talked about and then we forgot it was about like because then i started talking about streaming i started talking about njpw and i got excitable yeah it is actually um getting him to like recommend something off streaming something old school wwe because there's some bret hart matches we did a tweet about it uh there were so many great ones you could go back and watch after listening to him on this week's show mr perfect SummerSlam 91 bulldog 92 owen hart either at survivor series or uh, uh, oh sorry either at mania or at SummerSlam. uh you got Stone Cold. It's like so many, so many great matches to go back and watch. Uh, that maybe that's what Sam's role needs to be. He's like our old school look back guy. Can we make him wear just all monochrome? Uh, he's in black and white. A hundred percent. Doesn't game. have to even be I'm a video. Game. Just I just want him to be. I mean, you were described as the summer ninja yesterday because you. Yeah, I was wearing. I mean, I, I am. I'm wearing pretty much the same again today. I am wearing black trainers, black socks, black shorts, black t-shirt, and a black jacket, and black sunglasses with fairly black hair. But other than that, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, Summer Ninja, what? Should we talk about the other Ninja WWE programming this week? Yes. Um, do you want to start with Raw? Oh, I never want to talk about Raw. <sighs> it's tricky, isn't it? I thought the opening was good with Elias and Jinder and Seth and Roman. Yeah, uh, that was good. I then mean, Jinder and Roman might have a horrible match next week. but I do honestly fear that if that, that is... That is the match where people will start leaving. Like at WrestleMania, we saw it with, with Reigns and Lesnar. There's, there's talk, though, that they're going to bury it in the middle of the card. Oh, well, in that case, that'll be the, the toilet break match. The toilet break and a beer match. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, who doesn't? Yeah. Who whoever, doesn't whoever's, those two. whoever's house we stay over in Northumberland for Defiant, we're, we can all watch oh, Money in the sorry. Bank together. I am so keen for that. To what to watch Money in the Bank after Defiant, then get a train right. home without sleeping, go to the UK tournament, interview some people, do that. We'll have to work in the evening. We'll think about that when we get to it, and then watch the second day. That'll S- be incredible. Sleep is for when you're dead or something. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens is never going to really disappoint. I thought the ending was a bit overbooked, but I love how they were. Kevin Owens went to the top top rung of the ladder. No, wimped out or got pulled off or whatever. And then um, Finn Balor went to the top and then went down a couple. It's like, actually, yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna jump off the top of the one on Raw. I'll probably save that for the uh, the main event. But um, Sami Zayn. I mean, I feel so sorry for Sami Zayn. He's trying his best. 
Bobby Lashley's there smiling away while he's getting his family torn apart still. Makes no sense. Like there Bobby is, Lashley always wearing headgear, if you notice, he in the just ring. genuinely just stands there smiling like an idiot. It's just... That's his whole thing. And it wasn't until um, Sammy said something about him being in the army that Bobby Lashley suddenly got angry. Yeah. Everything before that was... I've got to slag off your sisters and your social media appearances and your wrestling and your MMA. And he's just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just big grin on his face, smiling like an idiot. And then he slags off the army and then he loses his mind. I hope they're not doing like uh, yeah. Bobby Lashley's going to come out in fatigues. Might. I think it's going to be, a, you know how much Americans obviously uh, love their troops and they do a lot for the, the armed forces. Is this an armed forces angle? Have they got something coming up with the armed forces where they just want to play on the fact that Bobby Lashley was in the forces? I, who knows? But I feel sorry for Sami Zayn. That's all I'm going to say. Lashley's a guy with a legit MMA background. He's massive. We saw him walking through the main um, mm. hall at the arena, and he is huge in person. You could make him look like an absolute monster, and I, they've already kind of ruined him. Yeah. Disappointing. Smackdown was good. I thought not great, but some nice build. Really enjoyed Becky Lynch against Charlotte. Yeah, that was good. It was nice to see Becky Lynch win. We hope that she gets a bit of a push, don't we? I think she might win Money in the Bank. I think she's great. Um, Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, I really feel like you've checked out at this point. No, I'm just trying to remember because honestly, I've had such a busy week. Monday seems like about two weeks ago. Uh, It was all right. We had jacked up Carl Anderson beating up... Harper in a singles match. Which oh, that's it. We're starting to SmackDown now. Gave, yeah. <laughs> How did I miss that? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Maybe I have you checked You really out. have checked out. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Carl, I watched this yesterday. Uh, Carl Anderson. Wade Barrett in his last six months in WWE. <laughs> Carl Anderson's looking <laughs> ripped. <laughs> that's what you've got I to love say about Carl, I've said this last week as well. <laughs> Carl Anderson's looking great. I think, uh, not Luke Harper. What's his other mate called? Luke Gallows is, uh, is also looking pretty good. They're all obsessed with CrossFit, aren't they? Cesaro's got him going to CrossFit. I've seen all their pictures on Instagram. Um, while we're on Luke Harper, mentioning Luke Harper, we've both watched the WWE short um, YouTube sort of documentary type oh, of thing. Oh, they're great. About who they used to be. I'm sure it's someone used, formerly known as is what it's called. That's what it's called. It is. And I've only watched the Luke Harper one because the other one was Bailey, and I, I couldn't care less. Uh, they've done a Seth uh, Rollins one as I'm well. I'm going to watch that one. Yeah. I liked the Bailey one, actually. Okay, well, I'll give Bailey a go. But yeah, just watching Luke Harper speak and talk about where he's come from and, you know, it, it, it kind of it makes you feel that they should utilise him a bit better, if I'm honest. But it's well worth watching that. It's on the WWE YouTube channel, which, um, which is quite good. It's some, also something that they bury on the WWE YouTube channel because it probably saves the person in... In the no, in the no, I'm going to stop talking. It probably saves uh, making big casts look really awful. Um, is Daniel Bryan's promo he did backstage, which I saw you shared yesterday, Will, where Daniel Bryan, like in what looks like an iPhone promo, just blows any promo you've seen on WWE TV for quite a long time away. So basically, since his return, and he did the, be- the the second the week after he got attacked, he came out and did that babyface promo against Owens and Zayn. Basically, it's been the best promo since that, and it was yeah, awesome. Absolutely incredible. Um, just, yeah, he's obviously, been, you know, he's so excited to be back doing what he loves, and that's really coming across in what he does. And if, you ever, if you're thinking of doing a Simon Miller and training to be a wrestler, just watch that. I'm going to tell you um, about, the, uh, about the one other thing I did this week, right. which I've not done in a very long time. Yeah. I watched Impact Wrestling. 
Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you watch that because it, of Austin Aries? Right, so they did a kind of, it was a pay-per-view, but not a pay-per-view called Under Pressure, where they put all of the belts on the line, and it was getting some heat online, and I have the ability to watch it on demand on my TV, and I thought, I'm going to go back and watch it. And it was a really good show. Was it? It started off dreadfully. They had Scott Steiner came out and wrestled one of the worst matches I've seen in a while. But they, um, they had a really good X Division match with Cave and, uh, Cage and Desmond Xavier. Uh, they had a really great knockouts match with Tessa Blanchard and a returning Madison Rain. And they did a knockouts title casket match with Sue Young and Ali, which was really good. And then Austin Aries took on Pentagon uh, to win his uh, world title back. And it was... It was a really, really good show. And he's unified the titles, hasn't he? Uh, well, kind of, but not really. Like, he has them both. Oh. They're not technically unified. It's not like when they did the Undisputed Championship and they're forever tied together. Right. But he does have both of their major titles at the moment, yeah. It must suck to be Austin Aries because he's won so many titles now. and I, you know, They legitimately have to take those titles everywhere they go. The extra baggage charges must be extortionate. But They're all metal. We held the UK Championship from Pete Dunne when we beat him that, in that brief moment. And um, it's, it's so heavy, I nearly dropped it. How he holds it in his teeth, I don't know. When, uh, basically, Austin Aries now looks yeah. incredibly jacked. Mm. It's just because he's having to carry around about 200 kilos of belts with him everywhere and he goes. Imagine how much quinoa he's got to eat extra just to carry all those belts around. All those bananas. Good work. Yeah. I think, we're, I think we're done. A vegan joke, mate. Yeah, you've done well there. Next week, we might need to do two shows. We might need to do like a download review show with all the British guys and a, an NXT preview show mate, with Gargano. Because and... I'm not at download, so that's all you. Oh, great. I just want to shout out some people that have tweeted, as we, as we like to do yeah. towards the end of the podcast. We'll round up with that. Um, let's have a Some lovely reviews here. coming in on iTunes as well. You can leave reviews on other formats as well, but it does seem like iTunes is our biggest if you could, location it, for it downloads nice. at the moment. Yeah, oh, big up Carl Bennett. Um, been talking about um, American Alpha for some unknown reason. Um, also, Carl Bennett asking where on earth the authors of Pain have gone. Which is a good point. Also the same as sanity. Like, well, that's you know, why he was bringing up American Alpha. Yeah, no, I, I realise that. I'm working backwards. That's how Twitter works. <laughs> um, uh, if you just thought ahead of this. I haven't thought this ahead at all. Uh, Liam Evans, very excited about Dominion. Very excited about Jericho Naito. Georgia DD um, has, has tweeted, talking about uh, my favourite. is the one where he sent the livestock truck to Vince's office. Let the pigs and goats out. That's a Bret Hart thing, isn't That's it? That's an Owen Hart prank oh, Owen that Hart. Bret Hart oh, talked okay. about during the show. Brilliant. I, I loved it. You really should have thought this through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you, know, you know what? Um, at well, Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter, just send us, just send us some, some feedback on what, what you like, what you don't like. If you don't like this bit, that's fine, because... Because I don't like this bit. More from John next week. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much for listening, guys. Do you want to do the wrap-up? Do you want to do yeah, the Yeah, all right. Thanks very much for listening. Um, please, if you've enjoyed the show in any way or you, you like the fact that we've managed to get Bret Hart on a, radio, on a podcast that um, has only been going for five weeks, leave us a, a review. Give us a five-star. Uh, five-star. Like, pretend we're Uber and we've got bottles of water in your car. Give us five stars for the service. And some and, lollies in the middle. And some lollies and some wet wipes and all that. And just not... Just give us five stars for not being racist. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I had a really racist Uber driver this week. I probably won't talk about it on here, but, like, it still happens. It's mad. Um, I'd put him in his place just in case, you know. I, I couldn't sit and just pretend it wasn't happening. Um, yeah, so um, just do that and, and just enjoy the podcast coming up that I probably won't feature on because I've probably been banned for a week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Cheers, guys.